0: Thank you for joining us and for listening to our podcasts. We hope that this may enrich your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for not knowing the time of his coming in Matthew 16:3 and he explained why they didn't know the time of his coming oh ye hypocrites you can discern the face of the sky but can ye not discern the signs of the times the lord also through a prophetic message rebuked the church of the last days for not knowing the time of his coming. It's in Luke chapter 19 verses 43 and 44 and I'm going to read it out of the NIV. I don't read much out of the NIV but sometimes they got it right. He was speaking to Jerusalem. How many of us remember that Jerusalem is the church according to Hebrews 12, 22 to 24? Remember that? It, it's the church. It's God's people. And Paul says there is a heavenly Jerusalem and a natural Jerusalem. And he is making them to become one. But he rebukes Jerusalem. And why do we know it's the church of the last days? Well, listen to what he says, and we'll see why. He said, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. Obviously, he's talking about the literal Jerusalem also but we're part of the Bible says we were engrafted in the Gentiles were engrafted into Israel. So we're part of his people. Also, the church is part of his holy nation. It's amazing that this is starting to happen as we speak. Hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. That has already happened on the 7th of October. They not only dashed him to the ground, they beheaded the little children, infants, helpless once couldn't defend themselves they will not leave and here is a key fact in this prophetic word they will not leave one stone on another because listen because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Because we didn't know the time of his coming. Why do we know this is prophetic for God's people in the last days? For a very simple reason. He said not one stone would be left on another in Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem today, there is a wall of stones that were there at the very time Jesus spoke this. There, uh, that wall is almost a half a kilometer long and six stories high, and there are stones in that wall that are longer than 20 feet, three feet wide and three feet tall. It's hard to believe that Solomon was able to move those stones from a quarry long, from, a long ways from Jerusalem. It's not clear how he did it and without breaking them. Those stones are there, one upon another. Jesus said not one will be left on another. Basically, only an atomic bomb can do that. And that's that's what's coming. The Bible says that in the end, Jerusalem will be like a plowed field. So this is a prophetic end time word from Jesus. Jesus. And why does it happen? Because we don't know the time of His coming. And people say, we can't know it. Nobody knows the day or the hour. And that means we don't have any idea. No, that's not what it means. That's your private interpretation. And as we saw last night, In that very same context, he gives us the key to knowing approximately when he'll come. Because the generation alive, when when the Lord restores Israel, will not pass away before he comes. That's the context of that passage in Matthew 24, his coming and the rapture. I have a question for you. Do you think the Lord would rebuke the Pharisees and the church, his people in the end, for not knowing the time of his coming, if it's not possible to know it? A little bit foolish, right? Rebuking us for not knowing the time of his coming, but that's not possible to know. (laughs) It's possible. It's in the Bible. That's why we're here. We want to see it. Amen? As the Pharisees did, many, many Christians are hiding behind the idea that, or the excuse that we can't know. And the reason many Christians are hiding behind the excuse we can't know is because they want to live a carnal, sinful, worldly life and still be able to sleep at night. It's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is the reason we claim we can't know. Don't scare me with the facts. Amen. Also, the Christians have a problem. The church has been indoctrinated with the idea that it is not possible to know and that anyone who considers that they know is a heretic. Well, for one, one side of this situation, is, it's understandable. Because there have been so many predictions that didn't come true. But if we examine the predictions, we see that they were based on Private interpretations. Private interpretations, as I shared with you, uh, I think I did. Um, when the Lord gave us the message of Daniel 70 weeks back in 70, 1970, I was aware of the fact that in the early church, we'll see this in a little, in a moment, in a little while there was a delay of 30 years but my reasoning was well the people in the end are spiritual people they don't need 30 more years to be be ready prepared for the end well you know the Lord makes everything work together for good right Uh, that's written to refer to our mistakes I mean, we know things work together for good when we're doing the right thing, right? We don't need a verse for that. But we need a promise when we, oh, my Lord, what have I done? I made a big mistake. He says, yes, and I'm working it for good. Well, he did work it for good because, first of all, many people keep buying the book because it has a whole lot more than a year. But also, if in 1991, when the book was published, it had said, the final victory, the year 2030, question mark. It says the year 2000, question mark. It has that uncertainty. But if I would have written it and said, the final victory is coming in the year 2030, How many would have bought it? Probably no one. 40 years away? (laughs) No thanks. But they bought it and they received many, many other truths. And then we now understand we have to move that period of three and a half years forward. We're going to see that in a little while. Also, people cannot, and here's an important key, doctrinally in the last days, the church today cannot accept that the Bible reveals the time of his coming because they teach their people that he might come to, you might not leave this meeting. He might take you in the rapture before you get out the door, right through the ceiling. Isn't that what is taught? How many know that's what's taught? Quite a few of you? He'll come at any minute. It's called the imminent rapture. Imminent meaning at any moment. Or the imminent coming of the Lord. And the church will declare, and the apostles believed that he could come at any moment. If someone says that to you, ask him again, have you ever read the Bible? Uh, I don't think you've read the New Testament. The apostle Paul knew he was going to die. He wanted to be part of the resurrection, Philippians 3. Verse 10, right? His goal was to be part of the resurrection. Well, there's a big qualification. What's the necessary condition to fulfill to be part of a resurrection? Oh, you have some answers this morning. (laughs) You got to die. Paul knew he was going to die. And Paul wrote 2 Thessalonians specifically to declare that the idea of an imminent coming of Jesus is false. Read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. He says, regarding the coming of the Lord and our gathering together unto him, the rapture, Don't let anyone deceive you. It will not happen until a list of things that he gives there happen, are fulfilled. He was clear as can be. So how in the world can the body of Christ today say that he, and I speak in general, most of the body, probably 95%, that he can come at any minute. How can we fall for that heresy. A simple reason. Most Christians don't read the Bible. In fact, most leaders don't read the Bible. There are many evangelical pastors who have never read the whole Bible one single time. Those who have gone to seminary to prepare for the ministry They don't read the Bible, they study about the Bible. When they're gonna study Romans, for example, they spend hours talking about whether Paul really wrote it or someone else and what proof do we have that Paul wrote it, what's the theme of the book, and on and on. They don't read it and study the book. You understand? So we all should be reading the Bible In general, once a year. Once a year. Then we won't accept false doctrines. At least not as easily. Amen. Peter, along with the Apostle Barnabas, they were friends, and so were Paul and Barnabas friends. And some of you might say, he... How could you call him an apostle? Well, since the Bible calls it the apostle Barnabas an apostle, I probably am free to do that, right? He was an apostle, according to the Bible. He wrote an epistle. We're going to look at it in a moment. But they, both Peter and Barnabas, knew, and Paul knew that Jesus would not return during their lifetimes. Second Peter tells us exactly what Peter believed. He said, as the Lord said to me, I am going to die soon. Okay, that's an example of the utter um, falseness of an imminent return or rapture. Because in John 21, after the cross, when Jesus met with his 12 apostles, 11, I'm sorry, at that time. No, they were 12 by then. Matthias had already been installed. He met with them. And he told Peter, when you were young, you did what you want wanted but now you're going to grow old and you're going to die. That's pretty clear. And so in Second Peter at the end of Peter's life he said I'm about to die as the Lord said I would. And there will come, future, mockers who say where is the promise of his coming? Because since the fathers fell asleep, and he was one of the fathers, everything has continued on in the creation as always. And they're going to mock the idea that the Lord's going to return. That's happening today. Amen? And he knew that there would, there would come future mockers because of so much time passing. And then he says... But don't be deceived. Understand one thing a day with the Lord's a thousand years, and a thousand years one day. He doesn't count time like we do. Amen. Oh, now, uh, concerning knowing the time, we cannot know the day or the hour. That's true. And there's a very simple reason. Do you know that it is impossible for the Bible to reveal the day and the hour? How many know that? A few? Only a few. How do we know that? Because when the Lord sets his feet upon the Mount of Olives, there will be 24 different hours in the earth and two different days. You know, actually it it surprises me, it amazes me about the ways of the Lord and the way the earth is and life is. You know, I'm, I'm in my 80th year, but July 20th, 1972 is a day that is missing from my life. I'm serious. I didn't live it. I didn't die and come back to life. We were on a ship on our way to the Philippines with our four little children. And um, the ones, it was a big ship, 3,000 people. 3,000 passengers plus the crew, and um, they put signs all around the ship that if you wanted to go deep sea fishing, that on July the 20th, the captain's going to stop the ship and he's going to let down the lifeboats and take people out to deep sea fish. If you want to, so be here at 8 o'clock in the morning on July the 20th. So some people got there and we're ready to go. Oh, we're really sorry. If you read the sign, it says we will do that on July the 20th. And today is July the 21st. (laughs) So we went to bed on July the 19th, and we woke up on July the 21st. So the 20th doesn't exist in my history. I have one day missing. (laughs) (laughs) So the Bible can't reveal the day and the hour, because the Bible is a universal book. Amen. A scripture that is very clear about this is Amos 3.7. Amos 3.7 says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophets. What does nothing include? He won't do anything without revealing it first. <clears throat> Do you think that one of the most important acts in the history of humanity is one of the things that he might reveal? He says he won't do anything. He will do nothing without first revealing it. Well, how much more will he do one of the most important, reveal one of the most important things, the time of his coming? The time of his coming. Daniel revealed both the year of his first coming and the year of his second coming. We're going to see it a little later. But the message God told him was sealed until the time of the end. But we're now in the time of the end and the message of Daniel is unsealed and it is clear as clear can be. Other people quote the scripture, but he will come as a thief in the night. In fact, how many of you, and don't be embarrassed about it, how many of you have seen a movie called The Thief in the Night? Only five honest people in here? (laughs) Well, that's good because it's false doctrine. Apparently, they didn't read two more verses when they made the movie because he said... You, we know that we know the times and the seasons. He's talking about the resurrection and the rapture. That's the context in the very last verse, previous verses. We know the times and the seasons. He said, and, "And we know that the Lord will come as a thief in the night." That's verse two. 1 uh, First Thessalonians chapter five, verse two. He will come as a thief in the night. Oh, so that's the way he's coming. We don't know when he could come at any moment. It's the imminent return. Two verses later, the Apostle Paul says, but you are not living in the night. You're children of the day, so that that his coming cannot overtake you as a thief in the night. You're children of the light. Pretty clear, right? The church should know. And if it doesn't, if we don't know, we might be under a judgment according to what Jesus says in Luke. Amen. Others quote Acts 1, 6, and 7. It's on the day of the Lord's ascension after the cross. Forty days after the cross, he, he taught for 40 days, the Bible says, on the kingdom of God. That was quite a long seminar. Forty day seminar, not three. <laughs> the kingdom of God. I have a feeling that the apostles... We're pretty familiar with the truths about the kingdom of God after 40 day, a 40 day seminar, don't you think? Plus, it says that he opened their understanding. So they had supernatural understanding. They knew all about the kingdom. And on his last day, Acts chapter 1, in verse 6 and 7, the apostles asked him, Lord, Will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Uh, Christians today that read that, many, because of the teaching they received will say, How can it be? Forty days hearing about the kingdom of God. And they don't even know yet that the kingdom is coming to the Gentile church and not to them. That's what's taught. He's all done with Israel. I mean, imagine the Lord must have gone, oh no, how can it be? I'm leaving my people in your hands and after 40 days of teaching on the kingdom of God you don't even know to whom it's coming. What are we going to (laughs) do? You guys are, are hopeless. No, brothers uh, and sisters the kingdom of God is coming to Israel. And I hope you consider yourself to be part of Israel. And if you're not sure about it in the back, we have books here? Oh, over there. We have a book on the mystery, a lost key. Paul mentions it 16 times in his epistles and the mystery is if you are in Christ you are part of Israel you are a citizen he said of Israel but if you don't believe it then you're not part of Israel it's a matter of faith faith is a very crucial aspect of the walk with God right so he said uh they said, is it time for the kingdom to come to Israel? And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Listen to what he said. It's not for you to know. That doesn't mean no one in the end of the church age is going to be ignorant or not know also and also they learned later because consider this the fact that the early disciples didn't know in the beginning about how long it would take for the Lord to return that doesn't mean that no one will ever not be allowed or permitted to know Daniel didn't know he had a prophecy that revealed the time of the first coming and the time of the second coming, but events, and we'll see this, the events necessary are, are needed for Daniel to know when this would happen, those events had not yet occurred. So the Lord said, your book is sealed. No one's going to understand it until the time of the end. And we'll see why. For one thing, I'll give you, you know, this little indicator. In order for Daniel's prophecy to be revealed, in the end, Israel, as a nation, had to be restored. We'll see it. It's, he says so. Daniel, the angel Gabriel tells Daniel this. And Daniel had no way of knowing when Israel would be restored. So the fact that even many in the early church didn't know that they would have to wait for 2,000 years doesn't mean that no one will ever know. Daniel's book was sealed. It wasn't understandable. But now it is because the events have occurred to make it understandable. Amen. Paul use this exact same phrase. It is not for you to know the times and the seasons. Paul says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, he wrote, We do know the times and the seasons. Was he contradicting the Lord? No. What he was saying is, We know the times and the seasons, and then he gave the key to knowing, but that key was going to occur uh, 2,000 years in the future. In other words, yes, we know when this is going to happen, but it will happen when this happens, but we just don't know when that will happen. Are you understanding that? The restoration of Israel, well, the destruction of Israel is what Paul points to there in that very next verse. No, two verses later. We do know the times and the seasons. We know that the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And then he explains how we will know the times and the seasons, the destruction of Israel. You understand? That was the key. But Israel hadn't even been restored as a nation yet. So we have the key. We know the times and seasons. It's when this and this happens. Okay? But we don't know when that will happen, Paul was basically saying. So just because the early church at the beginning did not understand doesn't mean no one can ever understand there are a lot of things that the great men of God couldn't understand until later. You understand? Uh, they, searched, they searched diligently, the Bible tells us, to find out. And They didn't find out all the answers. And we don't have all the answers either. That doesn't mean no one can ever have them. right? Thank you for listening to Hebron Ministries Podcasts. Christ in us is the hope of glory. We hope that Christ may be glorified in the Church. If you would like to know more about Hebron Ministries International, please visit us at www.hebronministries.com Thank you.